Toxico Resources is a Canadian company focused on the production of critical minerals and high-value metals and rare earth elements. It has access to close to 4 million tonnes of such minerals, one of the largest deposits outside of China. I am delighted to be joined by Frederick Kozak, who is the Chief Executive and President. So Frederick, first off, what is it that you're producing and what's the market demand like? Well, currently, Oxico doesn't produce anything, but we are a sales agent for Monazite out of Africa, out of the DRC for our sister company. And we are one of the few companies in the world who can actually sell you Monazite today. If you want Monazite, how much would you like and when would you like it? It's coming from the DRC. Okay, so uh, what, is, what is Monazite? <clears throat> Well, monazite is the uh, carrier mineral for the rare earth elements, and particularly the critical rare earth elements, which are all the ones that were, are in uh, high demand for magnets, those being the very difficult ones to produce or pronounce, praseodymium, neodymium, terbium, dysprosium, etc. But they are the critical rare earth elements that have the highest value so when you look at all the monos or when you look at all the rare earth uh, deposits around the world, the best ones are contained in monazite. So out of the 50 minerals deemed critical to US security, how many are in your portfolio? Well, we have all 17 of the rare earth elements, and then we have tin, tantalum, niobium, titanium, and some other potentially smaller ones but uh, everything that we've got is on the US and uh, the, I think the rest of the world's critical materials list. So therefore, I'm assuming that there is a huge market demand. There very much is a massive market demand. Um, the world has, the world, uh, the world business community, I guess, has decided that we're going to an electric future. And an electric future requires battery technology. We are, we are not in the lithium business, let's be clear, but we are going to be in the rare earth elements business, which are for the permanent magnets, plus all of the other critical elements that I mentioned that are very useful in other parts of the world, or other parts of the, um, of the value chain for alloys and semiconductors and superconductors and, and even tin for uh, soldering on uh, printed circuit boards. All of those are very, very important as we electronify the world. So in the past, I've heard you reference an economic war. So when I think of war, I think about attrition, resolution, peace. So what is it that Oxico is providing? Well, the economic war, as I call it, is related to the fact that these critical elements for permanent magnets, etc., are mostly controlled by one country. And while they're not an enemy, they're certainly not necessarily friendly. It's, it's just business. So that's when I call it an economic war. The world outside of China is going very hard down the track to try and diversify supply because it's never a good thing, as we know from uh, many other uh, minerals and oil for that matter, to have it concentrated in the hands of a very small group or one group. Um, so what we are providing and what we are 
advancing towards is to be part of the solution of diversifying the supply, which would be, I guess, in your terms, a resolution in terms of the economic war. But be clear, this, this is not going to end uh, quickly. This is, uh, this is a decade or two before we can, uh, uh, before the rest of the world can kind of elbow their way into the, into the economic solution of an electronic future. So let's stay on the, the, the theme or the metaphor of friend or foe. So in terms of your portfolio and where you're operating, are you operating in friendly jurisdictions? Yes, I believe that we are. And uh, politics aside, um, the, there are resources all around the world that are, um, let's, let's look first at the rare earth elements. Well, they're not that rare. What is makes them rare is their economic deposits. So for example, we have a tin tailings project in Brazil, which is very exciting. Um, tin, uh, Northwest Brazil, the state of Rondonia, they've been mining tin for six, seven decades. And the tin tailings from the primary mining have just been deposited in, uh, in a valley in, in Brazil. And that's where we have a, a joint venture with a local cooperative to go in and reprocess, for lack of a better word, or reclaim the tin tailings. Now, notwithstanding the political change in Brazil, we're not in the mining or exploration business per se. As I mentioned at the outset, think of us as, as a processor or for that matter, even we're reclaiming and recycling tin and other critical elements that have been left behind. This will be uh, this will be something that's very useful in terms of of reclaiming this and uh, and cleaning up this part of the environment. Similarly, in Colombia, uh, yes, they've had a change in government as well, but in that term, the uh, the Petro government has stated that they want to move their country towards a clean energy technology uh, economy fits perfectly with what uh, with what we are targeting in in that country as well. So in terms of your reclamation efforts in Brazil, I'm quite sure that that's probably right up Lula da Silva's street. So you are, as you said, you are not a miner and um, you are not digging up areas of outstanding natural beauty and you have established relationships. So I'm just wondering in terms of the experience of the board, you know, what's your knowledge like? What's the board's knowledge like regarding production, processing, smelters and the countries in which you're operating? Well, that's a great question. Let's talk about the countries first. So uh, many people know that I am, uh, I have lived and worked in Colombia. I was recognized when I was an equities analyst as a global expert on the country. So that was one of the things attracting me to Oxico. Um, Brazil is a fascinating country and it's a great country to do business in. So both of these countries are very, <clears throat> very, uh, very attractive from a business perspective. Now, in terms of the board and management, I think that we've ticked pretty much all of the boxes. Our founder, Pierre Goche, who is a director still and chairman emeritus, he's been in the mining world and the finance world. Oxico is only eight years old, but um, he has tremendous experience. In the boards, uh, from the board's perspective, we got geology, we've got global capital markets, we've got a great ESG expert. And so I think in terms, when you think 
about moving Oxico forward, we have all of those areas of the company covered. Uh, in terms of processing, the processing here is very simple. These, we would be using equipment that's literally off the shelf. And I'm a professional engineer, so I have some knowledge in that area, maybe enough to be dangerous, but there are very good people in Brazil who manufacture and design these things for the specific projects. The last thing I would note though, on the processing and smelting side, it's very interesting in that traditional systems of processing these materials are timeless. Monazite has been processed for rare earths for 50 or 60 years. Oxico has a very unique relationship with its sister company in that it has licensed a proprietary patented technology uh, using ultrasound, which while it's been tested in the lab and you know, on small scale, bench scale and pilot testing, it really changes the entire processing system to separate these critical materials from their host matter. In terms of smelting though, you take the next step. Smelting technology is, is fairly well known around the world. And while Oxico is not in that business as yet, uh, you know, it, that's where the value chain is. And we are considering how do we add more value to the critical material chain for the Oxico shareholders. So I'm fascinated by this ultrasound technology. I'm wondering how sophisticated it is and whether it's facilitating cost-effective capex light operations. Well, in terms of the separation technology, the short answer is yes. Uh, the ultrasound is as simply as this, using ultrasound to break down the bonding of the minerals to the host matter, which allows the processing to occur more quickly, less expensively, and in less, um, for lack of a better word, host, better word, hostile environment, less pressure, less temperature, which all equates to economy and uh, lesser cost of production. So you've been going for eight years. I'm just wondering now here in 2022, what stage of developments are each of the projects at? And you know, how, how are you going to, to fund this? I'm thinking about partnerships, you know, joint ventureships. Sure. No, those are those are great thoughts. So let's uh, let's deal with each country separately. First of all, in Colombia. The project has got an NI43101 technical report that was prepared last year on it. Uh, now that doesn't give resources. So what the company has done uh, is we've had an active sampling program in Colombia. It's called the Monastic Property. And we have an active sampling program. The samples are in the lab. There's a little bit more field work still underway, but um, once those assays come back from the labs, and the labs are all very, very busy right now, so it is a, it is a process to wait for that. Um, those assay results will go into the 43101 uh, technical resource calculation, and that will give us an idea of just what have we got there. Um, in Brazil, it's the rainy season right now, unfortunately. We, uh, we will start a sampling program there. Uh, we've got uh, the German uh, Geologic Society, DERA, did a report about five years ago, it's actually on our website, where they evaluated the, uh, 
200 square kilometers of, of property that we have access to in Colombia and estimated approximately 30 million tons of tin tailings with, as I mentioned before, tantalum, niobium, titanium, and importantly, uh, the monazite. <clears throat> Our objective is to do a sampling program there, but on a very small area such that we only need to prove up three or four million tons of tailing so we can move that project forward. Importantly to finance that, we do have an offtake agreement for TIN in Brazil. It's a five-year agreement. It is a bankable agreement and it's it has value in terms of funding it. Um, we've uh, in uh, September, I was in Brazil with the processing and equipment manufacturing engineers, and we did a site visit, and we had a preliminary uh, idea of what the project processing would like, but we've revised that, and we're just reviewing their revised cost estimates, which are significantly lower than what we had previously. So between the offtake agreement having a bankable value to it, potential to do a small equity issue or other other interesting uh, instruments could be some sort of debt or or something like that. We don't want to burden the company with any more debt than necessary, but it is it is very economic in terms of a capex program. Similarly, Colombia, uh, the difference being we don't. Uh, uh, what we don't have in Colombia is grid power. So the Colombian project will be a little more expensive in terms of generating power to run the processing, but the processing is very simple. It's equipment that's powered by electricity that uses magnetism and electrostatic separation with water and gravity. There's no chemicals involved. It's a very, very straightforward system. Our systems will be designed to recycle the water. So it's a closed loop. These things add a little bit of cost, but they're the right thing to do. Uh, we have considered in Colombia, because of where we're located, what does that look like in terms of potentially generating power using solar? So congratulations on securing that offtake agreement and pursuing a capital light business model. But what you don't have any control over, none of us have, is inflation. So how are you mitigating against inflation and its requisite price increases? Well, inflation, as we all see in our personal lives, and it's astonishing every time I walk into the grocery store, I go, wait. How can that be that much today? Um, inflation is just a fact of life right now. Um, it's also related to the supply chain issues that reared their ugly head during the, uh, during the pandemic. Um, inflation is just a fact of life and we are mindful of that. But that having been said, um, I fully expected when we were recasting our uh, CapEx estimate for the Brazilian project that I would see the costs go up. However, because we made some process design changes and simplifications to the process, our capital cost for uh, Brazil specifically has gone way down. So there will be some inflation certainly uh, factoring into that as we get ready to order equipment and, and that sort of thing. But um it's a fairly low capex as you say a capital light uh type of system um we'll we'll factor that in but it's still the economics of the project are still very very attractive in both colombia and brazil 
Excellent. So we now understand what the purpose of the company is. And the bigger ambition, what is it to expand, to be bought, to be a shining light for the new technologies that require these rare earths and minerals? Well, that's a great point. And uh, what I would, I would um, characterize Oxico as is a company that's involved in critical, selling critical materials to the new clean tech economy. So that is, that is what Oxico is today. And I mentioned briefly, sales agent, the only one of the few companies in the world that is actually selling monazite out of Africa. We're also about to embark on a program in Colombia where we will be selling tin as a sales agent, not as a miner or extractor. Um, we don't, we're not uh, collecting this tin from the Oxico property, we're actually getting it from regional um, indigenous peoples working with the local company. So we're a sales agent. We are uh, a facilitator of improving economies in both uh, Colombia and Africa. But the, the, the bigger picture for Oxico is the potential for Oxico to be a near full value chain from uh, digging up the raw material, the tin tailings or the alluvial uh, materials in either country, processing it, uh, separating it, and poten then potentially sending it to manufacturers around the world who will then process it. But the ideal would be for Oxico to then take it to the next step, which would be to process and refine and capture much more the value chain for, um, for Oxico shareholders. Uh, Listen, there's no intention to be bought at this point in time. We have a very, very exciting future. I joined the company specifically because of what the projects are in the company that have been assembled by the team to date. And we have a, we have a great running room. The shareholders will decide what we're, what's going to happen. But from a management and board's perspective, we are going forward with the processing and selling of critical materials for a clean technology world. Okay, so that's the blue sky thinking. I like that. But let's bring it to uh, down. Let's hone it down to the next 12 months. 2023 is going to be your ninth year in operation. In terms of the short term, what are the goals for the next 12 months? Well, that's a great question again. So first and foremost, uh, getting a 43101 report for Columbia that will establish our resources in the ground. So then the next step to that is the planning that takes place to go to production from Colombia. Uh, we're just waiting on an environmental permit from the Colombian government to start more active work in, uh, in the Colombian uh, monastic project, which is our extraction project. The tin side, the tin sales, that's through a joint venture with a Colombian company. So that is proceeding and watch for news uh, early in the new year about our first sale of tin from Colombia. And then we look to slowly ramp that up. So in Colombia, it's both an extraction project and it's a tin sales agent project. And timeline on that, it's just a matter of, uh, uh, of getting the environmental permit for the extraction. In Brazil, starting a 43-101 report, um, 
looking at the options for uh, how we're going to finance it and determining the financing vehicle, looking at long lead time items for production, um, getting a 43101 report prepared, I hope by mid-year, depending on the timeline for assays out of the lab, that sort of thing, putting the equipment orders in place, funding them, and then looking into for Brazil into early fingers crossed on early uh, 2024 for commencement of processing of 2,500 tons per day of tin tailings from Brazil. So those are the, those are the near term 12 month opportunities um, and potential catalysts moving forward. Excellent. Oxica Resources is definitely on my radar. Frederick Kozak, Chief Executive and President, thank you very much indeed for joining us today. Thank you, Sarah. Appreciate the time. This podcast was brought to you by Master Investor. For more investment and economics analysis, please visit masterinvestor.co.uk.